these kind of powers that are so powerful, but they may be a little bit outdated for what we need. Capricorn's a little bit old school. It's, you want to think of like the stuffy old boss. That's kind of what we think of as Capricorn. And so that energy from the beginning of 2020 began kind of its final clean out of hundreds of years. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, with the fourth episode of What's Going On Here? Thanks so much for joining us for this week's conversation with Emily Davidson. Emily is a classical cellist, pop songwriter, and music producer. She's built an audience of thousands through her cello playing as Emily plays cello and has amassed millions of streams on music she's been a part of under the name Wishlist. A passionate hobbyist in astrology, she's used the wisdom of the stars to guide her own life and also help support those in her wide and diverse social circle. Emily's deep connection with her own sense of spirituality, combined with her pragmatism, grit, and determination, yields an attitude about life that you won't find in very many people. In this episode, Emily tells us about how viewing the ups and downs of her life through the astrological lens has helped her as a musician and as a human being. We touch on the current Mercury retrograde and other planetary transits and how they may be affecting individuals and societies at large, especially this ridiculous year. We also hit on how a basic understanding of a natal chart can really change your empathy and understanding toward yourself and others. As always, we so appreciate your tuning in. Now please enjoy this talk with Emily. Davidson, aka Wishlist. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Wow, we're, we're excited to have you. So, uh, so as the listeners heard in your intro, you're you're a well, you're a lot of things, but your main your main thing that you do is you're a, a songwriter and a producer, freelance musician. Um, but you call yourself a hobbyist when it comes to astrology, but I've we've known each other for a really long time and when you something's a hobby for you it's more akin you know the way you interact with it and your knowledge base about it is usually more akin to somebody who takes it a little more seriously which is a compliment right so uh, don't let the word hobbyist uh deter anybody if you're a hobbyist you know you probably know less about your hobby than Emily knows about astrology so I wanted to just jump right in for a lot of people who don't know what astrology is or who are thinking about, you know, the horoscopes they used to read in a newspaper or something like that. What What is astrology and how does it differ from just a daily horoscope? So astrology is basically just the study of celestial bodies, these constellations or stars that we've, you know, maybe learned the names of in school and the ancients thousands of years ago. Um, before there was tons of literature, we're looking up at the sky and labeling these constellations and making sense of them. So there's thousands of years of history around these, what are essentially symbols. So studying the planets, the constellations, and what they represent, and how they could possibly correspond to not only our individual lives, but also the lives of the collective and everybody living on this earth. So these symbols have been you know, they've changed over the years, but they kind of keep their same concepts. And so as you dive into the symbolism, you can learn a lot about, you know, yourself and the world. And um, 
horoscopes kind of take what is known as our sun sign, the sign that is assigned to us by our birthday, which many people know, and try to sort of extrapolate what's going on in the stars to be specific just to those sun signs. But many people don't find these horoscopes particularly accurate because we're a lot more than just where the sun was when we're born. We all have what's called a natal chart, which is essentially just a map of the sky and the location of all the planets in the sky when we were born. And all of those planets, including the sun, play into who we are and what our personality is and even what we're here in life to do. So all of us are a very complex combination of these different planets and symbols. So kind of reducing things down to just our sun sign and a short little blurb usually doesn't quite cut it when we're looking for insight into our lives. So that's why the newspaper horoscope thing tends to not resonate with a lot of people because it's just really not specific enough um, to go as deep as astrology can really go. That makes a lot of sense. So when you talk about, so the sun, the sun sign is kind of where the sun was when you were born in relation to where you were at that specific time, right? Yep. So where you were born and the exact time that you were born factors in because it's all relative, you know, to the horizon, our view from earth, the horizon is affecting what we can see of the sky. So that's sort of how the the timing plays into the location as well. Cool. And so you, I mean, you've talked to me a lot, you know, we, we connect pretty regularly and kind of everything that I tell you that's going about what's going on in my life or when you, you talk about your life, you're always looking at it through the astrological lens. So it's it's about kind of where the sun was and also, like you were saying, a bunch of other planets and stars where they were when you're born. But then it's also about where they are right now and how they're kind of interacting with each other and interacting with uh, the placement of the planets and the sun and everything when you were born and how those all kind of mingle with each other, right? And that's why things change uh, either day to day or week, or even some of them are like years long. So is that kind of the gist of how what's going on today sort of interacts with what where the planets were when somebody was born? Yeah, exactly. So um, the planets can interact in a way with your own planets that's harmonious. And that might be a time where you're successful, or you're doing well, or you're feeling self-assured and confident, or the planets could be really pushing on you and triggering some, you know, deeper wounds that you haven't dealt with, or perhaps a planet is back in a place that it was 12 years ago, and you find yourself sort of reliving similar themes from when that planet was last there 12 years ago, making that, you know, same relationship to your own chart. So all the planets have their own cycles and their, so their own timing of how and how often they affect you. So it's very elaborate and complex, but I think that's why I was so intrigued by it. It felt like it was a never-ending tunnel of information where I could be gaining these insights about myself and about what was going on in my life. And there was kind of no end, which to me just made it all the more fun to sort of dig deeper and learn about myself and how what was going on in my life was you know, something I could be using for my own personal growth if I sort of framed it in the right way. That's so cool. That's so interesting. Um, So, yeah, you talked about, um, you know, the planets and, and maybe them dictating what's happening. So can you talk to us a little bit? I think a lot of people are aware right now that Mercury is in retrograde. I believe it was 
started October 14th and then ends <laughs> ironically on election day. Um, can you just kind of tell us like what what does that mean? Um, I know a lot of people like say it, they're like something bad happens or like Mercury, Mercury's in retrograde. But can you kind of just like explain what that actually means? Yeah, so in general, retrogrades, we think of them as backwards motion. What they are in a technical sense is they're not the planets moving backwards, but they are moving backwards from our view on Earth. So they appear to be, if we're tracking their motion in the sky, they appear to be moving backwards. Um, and so what that's doing is that planet, in this case Mercury, is recovering an area of the sky that it already covered. Um, so a lot of times retrogrades are sort of used as a time to reflect, revise, rewords are often used for retrogrades for that reason. Um, and Mercury is the planet that rules our communication and our kind of thinking patterns in our brain. The logical sort of simple tasks are what we think of for Mercury. As I mentioned, all the planets have symbolism and sort of things they represent. And Mercury is our basic communication. And it does retrograde the most often of any of the planets. So we see Mercury retrograde three times a year. And that's why, you know, we hear about it a lot. It's a common occurrence in our life on Earth. And um, because it rules these communication things, so in our modern day, uh, you know, in the old days, communication might just mean talking to someone down at the waterhole, but now communication is a much more complex thing in 2020. It involves emails, it involves technology and moving parts. And so when we have Mercury retrograde, our planet that rules the smoothness of communication and you know the exchange of ideas is not moving in the way that we're used to. So it tends to disrupt a lot of these normal communications that we sort of take for granted how simple it is to send an email and have it go the right way and make sure you're saying the right things. We get used to that flowing in a normal way and Mercury retrograde disrupts that flow. And because everything depends on your own personal natal chart or you know your birth chart, there's a chance that certain people are going to be more affected than others based on exactly where Mercury is retrograding. But overall, we all tend to experience this sort of delay or frustration with anything communication related during Mercury retrograde. Super interesting. Because so when we recorded last week's podcast, I know we were having tons of technical difficulties. Um, nightmare. All... What's that, Griff? It was a nightmare. Yeah, it was it was pretty awful. Um, you know, everything that could have gone wrong did. Um, so I think it it's interesting that you, you know, that it's the communication piece. And, and that's what we we're trying to do is communicate with one another and then get that communication out to people. And it actually ended up, you know, we were a couple days delayed um, and getting all the, the pieces in place took a while. But I just think Mercury was is in a retrograde, and and that's that's how I feel like what what happened to us last week. So yeah, absolutely. It's been dragging it's been dragging me through the mud, and <laughs> I've just I've been paying a lot more attention to it this time around. Uh, I remember like sometime um, over a year ago, it was one time because Emily, how often does Mercury go into retrograde? It's kind of fairly frequent, right? Yeah, three times a year. Yeah, okay. So it was sometime in, I don't know, summer 2019. And I like, it was something so stupid. I like bought a backpack 
or something. And then I just, it came and then I realized like I didn't really need it or it wasn't what I needed. And it was just like too hasty a purchase and then had to go through some stupid shit to return it or something. And you told me like, yeah, that's exactly the type of thing you don't do during Mercury retrograde. Just those little annoyances or just don't be hasty about anything. Like don't make purchases or like buy plane tickets. Like something's going to get canceled or they're there's just going to be a speed bump. So is that you say you mentioned communication, but you know, this time around, it's like I'm more attuned to it and just so much has been going wrong at work. And like Devin mentioned with the technical stuff with this podcast. So like, does it encompass more than communication? Cause what stuck out with me was when you said it was kind of smaller stuff going wrong or at least relatively smaller stuff. Right. So when I say communication, I mean that in the broadest sense. So anything that is sending information and information is being received. So technology, as I mentioned, can be a big part of it because everything technology is sending code or sending signal or, you know, all of that is exchanging information in this communication sort of way. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned travel because that's a big one because, of course, travel requires a car or a plane or a train and bookings and websites and all this stuff that is relying on clear, efficient communication for everything to come together. So in general, things like travel and also um, if we think of communication in a more broad sense, again, like signing contracts, basically making any kinds of agreements or plans, things that we're relying on a logical flow of information where things go according to plan, that's not the time. Mercury retrograde is not the time to do those things if they can be avoided. Like I said, it happens three times a year. It's a couple weeks long. So not everything can be avoided during Mercury retrograde. But because it is only a few weeks, if it's something like booking travel, it's better to wait if it's making a large purchase, especially something technology communication related, like a computer, a phone, a car. Those are the things you really don't want to commit to during Mercury retrograde, because yes, likely after the retrograde is over, you're going to be in a different state of mind. Information is going to be flowing differently in the universe. And you're going to be like, why did I book that? Or why did I buy that? Or I shouldn't have done that. So a lot of people are not thinking very clear-headedly during Mercury retrograde either because this planet that rules that kind of informational exchange is not operating in its normal way. So it tends to compromise most people. And you, Griffin, in your chart, you are a Gemini rising, which means that Mercury is your main planet. So you're going to be one of those people who really gets it bad. And that's why it's good to know for everybody the basics of their own astrology chart so they can kind of know what they're more prone to. Whereas for me, I actually was born during Mercury retrograde. So Mercury retrograde tends to be a decent time for me. It doesn't mess me up as much as other people. Sometimes I get, you know, kind of interesting turns in my life during Mercury retrograde. But again, that's just because I was born during one, whereas most people don't have that benefit necessarily. You heard it here, folks. I'm a Gemini rising. So anything that happens from now to November 3rd is not my fault. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly what she was saying. Yes. Well, I, I, I've been taking it pretty seriously. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm in Morocco. I, I haven't, uh, COVID obviously messed up lots of plans for everybody this year. So I haven't, it's been a long time since I've been home to the U.S. and I'm really banking on getting home for the holidays. And 
I have to book a plane ticket and I have the plan laid out, but I am because of Mercury retrograde, not just because of Mercury, but mostly because of Mercury, I am not booking the plane ticket until November, which is really kind of almost out of character for me to to take it this seriously. But it's also, um, you know, with the election happening, I am, Devin and I have, this is probably the third episode we've mentioned how worried I am, and Devin, I think you are too, that about potential pandemonium and serious civil unrest in the U.S. after the election, no matter the result. And so I'm wondering, like, how, what's your take, Emily, just kind of as an astrological hobbyist on just what's what's going on in the world, what transits have might have caused what's happening in 2020, where are we headed after Mercury's out of retrograde, like toward the end of the year? What's the, what are the planets saying? Yeah. So, um, I wouldn't say my strongest area is like world or like big collective effects of the astrology, but there are definitely some things that are impossible to argue that we've definitely seen play out this year. So I can speak to them just kind of briefly. But um, the biggest thing that we had this year in 2020 that gave us this unforgettable year was the conjunction of Saturn and Pluto uh, in the sign of Capricorn, which hasn't happened for hundreds of years. And the sign of Capricorn, where so much of the energy has been this year, um, Capricorn represents kind of the top of the totem pole. So we can think of it as like the CEO or the powers that be, you know, kind of the traditional old school forces that are in charge. That's kind of what Capricorn can represent. And by having these big outer planets, Saturn and Pluto, which we do consider still a planet in astrology, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but we do still use it in astrology. And having these big planets come into this sign meant that there was going to be a big clean out of this big Capricorn energy, this energy of these kind of powers that are so powerful, but they may be a little bit outdated for what we need. Capricorn's a little bit old school. It's, you want to think of like the stuffy old boss. That's kind of what we think of as Capricorn. And so that energy from the beginning of 2020 began kind of its final clean out of hundreds of years. But the way anything works in the universe, you know, nothing just can end and evaporate. You know, in order for something new to come in, we have to kind of let that old thing die off. And oftentimes it dies off in a sort of dramatic in-your-face kind of way. So we've seen so much in terms of the power, particularly in America and our country. Um, but also when we look at the issues that we've had with the police force and stuff like that, the role of power and what it means to us as people and does it protect us? Is it looking out for our best interest? Is it aligned with the morals of the people? All of these issues got brought up from this Saturn-Pluto that we experienced at the beginning of the year and the energy has continued through this whole year. And as we continue now looking into the election, we're in what's called a Mars retrograde. So Mars is going retrograde like Mercury, but this does not happen as often as Mercury retrograde. And um, Mars is the planet that rules violence at the at the worst, but um, the will and drive, there's more an aggressive force with Mars. So having Mars retrograde kind of takes this aggressive energy and has it operating not quite properly, just like when Mercury's retrograde. So, you know, and we've seen so much between protests and riots and 
all this kind of intense stuff that's been going on in our country. And we can thank Mars retrograde for at least some part of that aggression. And it's been actively clashing with this Saturn-Pluto energy of our old structures need to come to an end. So we've definitely seen that played out you know, very much in the world. The good news is uh, that things are going to start sort of culminating by the end of this year, and we're going to start to move away from this energy. But I will say, of course, the election is going to be a high point. And while I don't make world predictions, I will say you know, all signs already point to this being a very confusing and potentially upsetting election. Um, Any time that Mercury goes direct, meaning it leaves the retrograde, the story's not quite over yet. If you think of retrogrades as kind of going backwards, Mercury's now got to retrace its steps that it went for its whole retrograde period. So even though Mercury retrograde ends, you know, with the election, the story will not be over at that point. That's for sure. The astrology definitely says that. But I will say looking towards the end of the year, come to December, going into January, I have optimism that we will start to see the light at this at the end of this very long and frustrating tunnel and that we will start to rebuild the new structure that we've been tearing down this whole year. So that's my hope, at least. Wow, that's all so interesting and, and spot on from, from what we've seen. Um, so... I'm glad that that you see that there's there's hope ahead and that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um and so like what what is after Mercury retrograde or is there like another planet that's going to be in retrograde um and kind of what does that look like moving forward like past 2020? Well, the good news actually is uh, once Mercury goes direct, Mars will stop being retrograde uh, shortly after also. So we're actually going to start getting more direct motion and forward motion towards the end of this year, um, which I think is a great thing. And these big power player planets I was talking about, Saturn and Pluto and also Jupiter has been there with them, um, all in this sign of Capricorn, old structures. They're going to start to make their way into the next sign, which is the sign of Aquarius, which rules revolutionary thinking, new ideas, the voice of the people, a very different energy than Capricorn, which is more about traditional structures. So as those planets start to move into the sign of Aquarius, that's why I think things are going to open up a lot more. I think it's going to be easier for the people to have a voice. I think we're going to be able to start seeing the future because I think the problem with this year, especially with so many things being torn up is that no one knows what the future looks like anymore and no one can imagine it. And I think that's very scary for a lot of people. So I think as these planets towards the end of the year, especially into next year, start making their way into Aquarius, we're going to start seeing the future. We're going to start building the future. Um, So I actually think things look better. I think we've gotten through not quite the worst of this year. We got a little more to go, but we've gotten through a lot this year. And I think that it's not going to be as bad as, you know, 2020 has been, you know, looking at 2021. That'd be great. Yeah, that's a relief. <laughs> so, you we take it if we take it back from the big picture, the the world and societies at large. You mentioned that you use astrology mostly for your daily life and to just you know to figure out some potential reasons behind what you might be going through, what your friends might be going through. 
um, the highs and the lows and everything, just having having kind of like uh, a guide sort of. So so on that level, on the individual level, what are, what do you do and how is it, especially because you're you're a freelance musician, you know, your your career path is not uh, what we'd call a traditional one. And there's a lot of maybe instability that might come with that, you know, forging your own path. So how did you how did you discover astrology the way that you use it in your adult life? So I was always exposed to astrology as a kid. My dad was actually an astrologer as one of his many jobs when I was growing up. So even though he did not teach me astrology or really give me readings exactly, um, I was exposed to the idea of it. So I knew my sign, which is Aquarius. And, you know, I was intrigued by it, thought it was cool. I tend to remember the sun signs of people. I Like there are even people from elementary school and I remember their sun signs. Like I was sort of, you know, into the idea, but I wasn't using it like you're describing in my daily life. And then in 2017, um, I moved across the country and kind of started my life over in a sense. And a lot of things in my life were kind of getting changed. I was sort of just thinking about who I wanted to be and stuff like that. And I got intrigued by astrology. I had a friend getting into it at the time too. And we started just really diving in, learning more about our own personal charts, which I think is a great place to start is studying your own natal chart, because that's how you get to know yourself. And you can't really um, interpret how the planets are affecting you so much without knowing your own chart, because that's what it's activating. So I got to know myself as well as I could through my chart. And then I started watching kind of like weekly reports, monthly reports, and there's so much stuff on YouTube and there are podcasts also. There's so many resources of people providing really great astrology content or at least good enough to get you started. So once I started watching little reports on this is what's going on in the planets this week or this month, I started applying it to my chart and reading little reports on what was going on with me and going, oh, you know, this is actually really interesting. This explains a lot of my experience. You know, we tend to go through life kind of thinking like we're just sort of ran, everything is random and our experiences are all from our own mental conditioning. And of course, that's all a factor. But to start to see that there were these outer forces that, oh, that's why I was feeling this way, or that's why this went so well today and not so well this other day. Um, just kind of getting that information was so intriguing to me that before I knew it, it was like just every day I was sort of checking where the planets were and checking my own personal transits, which means what the planets are doing to my planets. And it's actually just become a part of my daily routine to look at that information every day in the morning and kind of brief myself for what I can expect for that day or, you know, that week. But you're, I have a couple, I don't want to call them, challenging questions but maybe things that i'm i I, just, I need a little clarity on i think the listeners i don't know if they think like i do maybe they need clarity also first of all you're you're the type of person who you've always forged your path like i mentioned earlier you've always kind of known what you want and you have this like grit and resolve to make it happen and the work ethic to go with it which is very admirable, but sometimes seems like is, I guess the question is, is that difficult to reconcile with this kind of underlying idea that your experiences are at least somewhat kind of dictated by the will of these celestial bodies? Or, you know, how do you kind of meet in the middle of just like, well, 
the planets, you know, I have, I don't know, a, a destiny. I don't know if you'd call it a destiny or something in store for me, almost like akin to a traditional God or, or something like that. But at the same time, you have the strong will to make your life happen the way you want it. Can you, does that make sense? Can you speak to that? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people struggle with this because of course we all want to feel like we have free will and we do have free will. Um, We have, basically there's energies in the universe. If you want to think about, you know, I think most people spiritual or not can kind of understand the idea of energy or vibes, as we say in this generation, you know, just kind of the, the feelings that are sort of beyond words. And we can think about energy as coming into our life. And so there are times where we can make the best of that energy, or there are times where that energy is maybe not going to be working in our favor and we can overcompensate or we can push against. But what I've found and what I think a lot of people find as they kind of dive deeper into this stuff is, yes, you can still have your free will and, and do whatever you want to do. But a lot of times we're kind of working at cross purposes with kind of what the universe would prefer, what the energies are supporting. And I think people who do a good job of being in tune with themselves and just listening to their own intuition um, and not being overly conditioned by society and people around them and expectations, I think people who are naturally intuitive can do a better job with this because energy is kind of floating through the universe, however you want to think about it. And um, it's just about learning how to use it to your benefit rather than thinking this is going to happen because you could have the most amazing opportunity in the world, but if you don't get out of bed that day, you're not going to get that opportunity. So we're still very much in control, but it's kind of about, for me at least, it was about maximizing. You know, I want to work on the times I know it's going to really pay off. If it's time for me to chill out, I want to know that and try to embrace that. So it's kind of just syncing yourself up with the energies to optimize your results in all areas rather than thinking, oh, well, this is just going to happen to me anyway kind of thing. Okay. That, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot more sense. Um, the, the thing I, that kind of brings me to when you say there's energy, there's energies all over the universe. Totally. There totally is. Um, but for, for me, you know, I'm thinking when I'm trying to whittle something down to like foundations or like fundamental nature of something and you think, okay, quantum physics or whatever, uh, you know, the fundamentally we're all energy, we're all, but when, then when you take those energies and you look at them through the lens of how, you know, uh, the energy of a certain planet can rule specifically human teeth or the energy of a certain planet can rule money. And it's like money is a human construct. Teeth are not, that's, that's natural and has been in animals for however long we've been evolving with teeth. But, but it seems like these energies at a fundamental level wouldn't be directed specifically at how humans go about their lives. It seems, it seems too tailored. It seems too convenient in that kind of way. And I know I've asked you about this before, but just like for the listener who's, who's thinking, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sort of a skeptic and I just don't understand how, why this this fundamental energy of all of the cosmos cares about 
you know, what I'm going through emotionally right now. Right. And even cares about is sort of a, you know, that's a, a human way to label what's going on. I don't know if the planets care or not. I don't know if the planets are capable of, of experiencing care for humans, but. Well, that's kind um, of my point. That's kind of what I'm saying is like, how is it, how is it connected so specific, so directly to what is, go- what is going on in a human sense? Right. And I do think it's important to remember that the study of astrology, you know, it's created by humans from observation of the planet. So really what the ancients did and, you know, astrology and the study of the stars and the sky is basically found in any religion when you go back far enough. That was all that humans had um, to try to think of religion or God or a creator was to look up at the sky and make some sense of it. So, um, it's a study that humans did to note the correlations in their own lives from what was going on in the sky as they observed it. So it's a human study. So of course, everything is going to translate down to like a human understanding of human effect because it's humans who were observing the stars to observe their correlation correlations to life. So Beyond that, when you bring up like how certain planets go with certain things, like I said, everything in astrology is basically complex, deep symbolism. And so even though, again, I'm not a professional astrologer with a lot of experience going deep in every single area of astrology, um, each of the planets do correspond to different parts of the body. Again, these all go with observations that the ancients made over time. Um, So I have said to you in the past that Saturn rules the teeth. And um, that, for example, is because uh, Saturn corresponds with the sign of Capricorn, which has to deal with structures and our bones and our skeleton is the structure of our body, So, which includes our teeth. So things like that are basically everything just comes down to symbols. So you could almost see it, you know, in a more poetic, artistic way if you didn't want to take it literally. Um, but basically, it's all very thought out over thousands of years symbolism. Fascinating. And yeah, I'm I'm totally, I totally appreciate that whatever lens, whatever spiritual slash cosmic lens you're looking at, um, life or potential, the potential course of life involves something that we don't fully understand yet or may never and can't fully articulate but those are the questions that float around in my mind when i think about such a you know such a such a foundational thing such as the energies of the universe but you put it put it really well yeah that was a lot of information but a lot of great information um but so for someone who's just you know maybe a listener or something who's maybe a skeptic or maybe just really um kind of interested in what you just said Emily could you give someone maybe just like a tip um for someone who's looking for just the basic starting point um to look at astrology you know in their own lives yeah so like I said the best way to start is looking at your natal or birth chart and there's a lot of different ways you can do that online I generally recommend the website astro.com and you can input, you can get a free birth chart report on there and you input your birth info. It's very important to know your birth time. It really makes a huge difference in the accuracy of your astrology. So if you have to call your mom or you got to 
find your birth certificate or something, get your birth time with your birthday and where you were born, and you can get a little birth chart report on astro.com or many other sites. If you even search free astrology birth chart report, there's a lot of places that will do it. And I think most people, when they get an actual birth chart reading, even if it's just an automated thing online, start to get convinced because that's your own personal blueprint of who you are, your exact you know, time and day you were born. And there are so many specifics in there that when you're kind of just glossing over astrology info online or from what you overhear, it's not specific to you. So it's easy to say, oh, that's generic. Oh, that doesn't resonate. Oh, they're just <laughs> saying that. But when you look at your own birth chart, even if it's just an automated service kind of running your details and giving you little pre-written things about your placements, most people are pretty convinced because it starts to become a lot more than just, oh, wait, that couldn't really apply to anyone, but that really applies to me kind of stuff. So I think a lot of people get convinced once they do something like that. And the good news is there are a lot of apps now, too, that are super easy and you just input your birth info and then they can give you a lot of information about yourself and then also what's going on in your life currently. So I'm a big fan of the pattern. It's a really easy app because they actually don't use any astrology language at all. They put everything in simple terms, but it is customized for your own personal chart. So the pattern is a very cool app to check out. I also just got one called Astro Future. That's a similar thing. It uses the the real terms, but it still explains it to you in plain English. So there are a lot of ways that you can look into your own personal chart and just start to learn about yourself, which even that alone, if you don't even factor in what's currently going on, you can go so deep on your own personal growth just by looking at your birth chart. Yeah. Um, the pattern, uh, I, I know that you actually originally told me about that, Emily, and it is scary accurate. <laughs> That's what most people say. People get really shocked by it. I think they do a great job. Yes, it's really bizarre. Um, in a good way, though. I stopped using it because it was too accurate. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to. I don't want to hear about myself. <laughs> the the you you when I hear you, Emily, talk sometimes about just like you know the people in your life, what's going on with your life, and I hear you you know even when you're going through like a a tussle with somebody or just like a you know, so, something's not right in a relationship, um, friendship or whatever, you you immediately start talking about who they are, not just what's happening right now in the transits, but who this person is and how that might be, you know, affecting the, the way they're communicating with you at that time or whatever. So has, has since you've really delved into astrology, has it changed your relationships with people? Absolutely. I mean, to be totally honest, like when I was younger, I was a little bit judgmental. I had very high standards for myself, which I still do, but I was sort of under the naive young assumption that my high standards were the standards and that every person that wasn't reaching my arbitrary standards was like a not as good person. Um, I wasn't mean to people or cold hearted or anything, but just that was sort of how I operated in my mind was this sort of like judging and evaluating everybody all the time. And that there was this kind of one set way to do things the right way. And astrology really taught me that every single person is a totally unique soul with their own strengths and weaknesses. And this sounds obvious, but for me, it wasn't obvious. I really was kind of on my high horse that I thought I knew best. And astrology really helped me see that people are built differently. And what works for me may be the totally wrong thing for somebody else. 
And it's not always about trying to get everybody on the same page to act the same way. It's about everyone honoring their own individuality and what they're good at and what they're not so good at and factoring all of that into their own personal expression rather than trying for everybody to meet in the middle in this same kind of way. Yeah, that's powerful. It's, it does sound obvious, but when you think about people who just do things differently than you, and if you, maybe if you're not looking at it like that, you're kind of like, you can say it on the surface, like, oh yeah, everybody's different, everybody, but it's really, you're really thinking it's just like a matter of habits and like you're, this guy's an idiot, like that you should be doing it my way. But then when you're think when you look at it, like, okay, the, the energy of the cosmos makes this person be pulled in these directions and, and it, it goes deeper than like, oh, that's the way I was raised, you know, just to each their own. I just, but it's, it's really deeper, right? I think, I think it, like what you're saying is you're kind of able to be more empathetic with people just based on, you know, you know now where they're coming from and you kind of put yourself in their shoes and, and that's really, I mean, that's, I think empathy is just such a powerful tool um, you know, in general, but in relationships too. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that's exactly what it is. I have a lot more empathy and understanding for where people are coming from now than I did before astrology. Yeah. yeah we've, we've known each other for a long time. I remember, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, you, you gave me so much shit about having <laughs> this urge to, to travel all the time. And I think you told me in the past couple of years, like, man, if I, if I had only known your birth chart, if I had only known you had so much in Sagittarius, I would have been like, Oh, this makes total sense. Of course he wants to, you know, fuck off and wander the world a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I still, I still feel bad about that to be totally honest. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, that was the old me kind of judging like for me personally. Um, and for those who are kind of new to astrology, you know, Griffin is a Sagittarius sun and Sagittarius is the sign that really rules the new horizons, other cultures, other languages, learning new subjects, expanding the mind, going beyond what's familiar. And um, I don't have any planets in Sagittarius, so I don't have a lot of that energy. I tend to be, I sort of know what I like and know what I want. And um, I kind of just go about the world differently. But you know, Griffin has this big spirit that wants to see new things and and go to new horizons and do all of those kinds of things. And it was not what was natural to me. So I assumed, oh, you're just trying to fill some hole in yourself. That's not what you need. But that was really, that was more a message to myself. It wasn't what I needed. But now knowing how much energy Griffin has in this area that says you should travel, you should see the world, you should learn new languages, you should go see something new. It makes total sense why, you know, that's been your life, Griffin, and why it's been so rewarding for you. So yeah, all I can do is say, sorry, I'll do, I'll do better (laughs) now in the future. It's okay. I'm, I'm validated now. You just said this on a podcast. So (laughs) no, I think that's awesome though, because it's just like it, like, you know, you've just grown as a person you know, because of that. And there's just been, it sounds like a lot of self-reflection, which is just really cool. So if like nothing, then maybe people should just be looking at their charts just, just for that benefit alone. Exactly. Kind of learning your own ways that you lean. And sometimes even if you already know who you are, hearing it told back to you via some kind of reading or some little report 
can be very illuminating. Even if you already knew that stuff about yourself, it just changes the perspective to hear it from another source. Totally. Even, yeah, I mean, you can think of examples in everyday life where, or if you hear the same, like say you have a, a teacher or a coach or whatever, you hear the same thing from them and then someone else tells you the exact same thing, but they use a different language or it's just a different voice and it it re-resonates almost. It's kind of sort of similar to that, it sounds like. So you're, you're, um, you're I mean, I'm wondering in what you do for work, you you write a lot of music, you produce a lot of your own music. Um, you also, you're a, a been an early music cellist for years and you do stuff, you know, you teach and you do side projects. You've just created a course, uh, like an online course for beginner cello, all, all this stuff. I'm, I'm wondering, do you think it's kind of speculative, hypothetical, like you, you can't really answer truly, but do you think just if you hadn't discovered astrology, the way you have, and then thinking of the way your career has gone the past three years or so, like, would, do you think you'd be in a different place? Do you think you would have made different decisions? Well, it's a tough question for sure. I mean, I will say that, you know, even before astrology was in my life actively, so pre 2017, I always followed my gut and what I wanted to do. And that's kind of goes back to what I said earlier about how I think people who are kind of naturally intuitive or listen to themselves above, you know, the people around them or the conditioning or whatever tend to do better because that's what's aligned with the universe and the cosmos is, you know, your own inner truth. And sometimes our inner truth can be clouded with things also. So it's not an absolute, but I will say, I don't think I necessarily would have ended up uh, somewhere totally different because I'm always answering to that inner voice inside of me that knows what it wants to do. You know, whether I'm using astrology to support that or I'm doing it blindly, like I'm listening to my inner self above all else. But I will say that astrology has really supported me along the way because I don't tend to make easy decisions. I tend to make, you know, going for my ideal life, what's best, what I really want kind of decisions. And those are really not the easiest. They tend to come with a lot of challenges. Um, so astrology has sort of helped me manage those challenges and see, okay, this is really difficult right now, but I can see from this astrology thing that this is going to ease up, you know, in another month, or this is going to be a really great time for me in six months. So if it's not so great right now, I need to hold out for six months from now, maybe I'll get those rewards and I just got to stay on the track. You know, little things like that have just kind of helped guide and support me along the way. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily changed any of my big decisions, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes total sense. And that's what I, um, when I'm thinking about like those little things, you know, where maybe there was a project that just wasn't going well, or you felt like giving up on and maybe you wouldn't have finished it, or maybe you wouldn't have released it, or maybe you wouldn't have reached out with it to uh, like a, a, a connection, a professional connection or something like that. But you kind of reset, looked at the astrology, looked at kind of things are expected to be this way, and I should I should carry on things like that. Yeah. And I guess when you put it that way, sure, there have been times where maybe I've felt uncertain, like I haven't known, you know, what should I do? Or is this a good idea? Or is this not a good idea? And then I'll go look at the astrology and be like, oh, yeah, I should totally be doing this. I'm just kind of getting in my own way, or I'm getting in my own head. Or I'll look at the astrology and be like, 
yeah, maybe it's really not the time to be doing this. You know, if anything, it can help, you know, help me make decisions when I'm uncertain internally. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I just find the whole thing just so interesting. And I would say that I'm, I'm a spiritual person, but, um, not necessarily, I've not necessarily gone in, um, to the astrology sector too much. Like I haven't delved deep so much into that aspect of it. Um, but I mean, now just after our conversation, it's, it's definitely something that I want to look into a little bit more. And I know Emily, uh, you, um, did my birth chart a while ago. Um, and I, I knew that at the time what, what everything was, but now I just, I don't even, I don't remember, but it's given me, um, like, I kind of want to just delve into that again and, and see, um, just hearing about your experiences and like the, the personal growth aspects of it and the self-reflection and kind of knowing, um, like your relationships have gotten better. It's, it's just really cool. I find it just fascinating. Yeah. And I think like you say, you're a spiritual person. And I think for me, one of the reasons I went so deep in astrology is that even though a part of me was always kind of spiritually inclined, I still identified more in the brain as an intellectual, as someone with thought. And so certain mm-hmm. spiritual things like would, I would just say, oh, that logically, I just don't know if logically I can get behind that. So I had my own, you know, I was never dismissive, but internally it was like hard for me to fully accept certain things, especially on a more spiritual, emotional feeling level. And because astrology is this kind of complex study with all this information, it kind of helped. It was like a gateway to spirituality for me because it gave me the logic and the information that I needed to feel secure in believing something like, oh, well, it's not just a psychic told me this. It's like, well, Saturn represents this and Saturn is this and my chart is this. It's like, whether you want to put meaning on it or not, the location of the planets is fact. The location of the planets in my birth chart is fact. And that kind of grounded me to open up to more spiritual concepts. And then as I started seeing it become more and more true, then it was easier for me to spiritually trust in the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you have to get past your like logical brain. You have to kind of like do that check mark. Like, okay, my logical brain. Okay. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. We can check that off the list. And now I can go deeper into like the spiritual side of it. I, I totally get that. And I think Griffin, you probably get that too. Um, I feel like... Yeah, I get that you know, all the time. Yeah, like I, I just feel like, you know, before I was like spiritual, I had, and I didn't have too much trouble with it, but I, I would, my logical side would get in the way of going deeper into the spiritual side and sort of listening to my heart and intuition rather than my brain all the time. Totally, so. and it's such a battle. I mean, um, yeah. Our heart usually knows the answer, but our brain is always getting in the way. And of course, we need our brain to function in this world and to evolve and all this stuff. We don't, we don't want to dismiss our brain. But I do think in modern society, we're obviously built as a logical society. That's why Mercury retrograde tears us down so much. You know, we're built on information exchange and logic and facts and, you know, especially in this political climate that we're living in, you know, there's so many arguments, what is truth, what isn't truth, all this stuff is just fact based. But 
we forget how to get in tune with our inner truth, which is a much more feeling, emotional experience than using our mind. And so we don't want to throw our mind out the window, but it really wouldn't hurt any of us in modern society to get a little more in tune with our hearts and our emotions and our intuition because we operate in the world, you know, shoving it down most of the time. And that's not a balance either. So, you know, even if it's a kind of tough battle in the beginning to get over some of those intellectual humps, I think it's always worth trying because we gain so much when we learn how to tap into this other part of ourselves. Yeah, very well said there. I think if I can try my hand at, um, I'm going to play astrologer right now and I'm going to say, (laughs) and Emily, you can correct me. Um, so Devin, it's, it's harder. It's, it's harder for me and this, I really get in my own way a lot about this. Emily, you mentioned the everybody at, well, what is truth? How do you define truth? Those are the questions I ask about everything, right? So that's why I had to ask you those questions earlier in the episode where it was like, you know, but but why why would the planets be so directly involved with our day-to-day lives, blah, blah, blah. It's like uncoiling those questions is seems built into me. And I think that there's, there's so everything you said, I mean, there are like classes that people teach other people how to basically socialize better, like how to have better social skills. And more of them are not, they're not technical. They are about getting your feeling energy down out of your head and like into your heart and into your body. And I found that's always been difficult for me. But I think if I'm playing astrologer, it's harder for me because I'm more Sagittarius. And Sagittarius, Emily, you mentioned it's expanding horizons. But it's also, I think you've mentioned to me before, it's philosophizing and teaching. And so those questions are important to me because of who I am as a being. And Devin, you as a, as a Pisces are mm-hmm. generally more of a of a spiritual, open uh, feeling kind of personality, just as far as our sun signs go. Emily, how'd I do? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. So yeah, I mean, I will say though, um, with Sagittarius being like the philosopher, I mean, that actually makes for a great astrologer. If you think about philosophy, you know, it's like these big grand teachings that are not necessarily like proven in scientific journals, but they're these big schools of thought that go really deep and can go on forever kind of thing. Um, so in general, a Sagittarius, uh, wants that information, but it's not about finding the answer. It's about the, the journey of studying it all and learning as much as you can. And kind of just like the whole expansion thing of expanding your mind to all this information, not necessarily zeroing in on a fact. So I think the fact that you naturally want to ask these questions and philosophize and, you know, Gemini, your rising sign and Sagittarius are opposites, but opposites tend to have a lot in common. We often say they're like two sides of the same coin. And both Gemini and Sagittarius are very hungry for information and knowledge. So I think it's natural for you to continuously question. I think that's likely how you will go through the world for most of your life is questioning, but in a way that just expands your mind and opens you to new things. Whereas a Pisces like Devon is built to feel, to feel the feelings not only of herself, but of the world, of the universe, of animals, of all living things. Like Pisces is an emotional vessel for 
every all the energy exchange in the world. So naturally, a Pisces is better built to just embrace that the feeling of it all and embrace the interconnectedness of those of that emotional feeling. We're all here on Earth, you know, just trying to live kind of thing is a very <laughs> like Pisces can warmly accept that and not have to ask so many questions. Whereas the Sagittarius wants to be the guru, wants to have the answers and therefore has to ask all the questions. There you have it, folks. Yeah. But... So if you're ever wondering, you're ever wondering why Devin and I are the way we are, <laughs> just just go back to this episode and you'll have all the information that you need well this things will make sense yeah things things will make sense and they do you know i honestly i mean i i my philosophical nature has always i've always been more or less skeptical of just a lot of things and again trying to trying to establish a, a philosophical thought pattern and as you mentioned earlier, sometimes you got to give yourself permission to get past that or to at least say like, there are, there are things that we just don't understand. We may not understand, uh, for a long time and just go bypass your brain and feel something. Feel What do you feel about this? And I'm through my experience, I'm feeling, you know, there's something, there's something to this, you know, there's, um, so I would encourage listeners to, you know, get forget the daily horoscopes and go visit some of the research, uh, the resources, excuse me, that that Emily mentioned and just see if it resonates with you, because I found it really interesting. And um, and I'm not buying a plane ticket until after Mercury's out of <laughs> retrograde. So, yeah, that's that's my two cents. Yeah. And I would say also, like, just getting started, you know, People think like, oh, they, again, associating with these horoscopes. I think it's good to remember that astrology has been around for thousands of years. It actually predates Christianity. Um, the three wise men were astrologers. So like, this is not just some like made up trendy spiritual thing that came around in the last like 20 or 50 years. This is an ancient practice. And it's, of course, evolved and changed. And there's many schools of astrology. I do what's called Western astrology throughout different countries. They do it a little bit differently, but it's all the same concept of studying the planets and the stars and the correlation to life. So I think that can help some people also who are skeptical to know this has been around a long time and things do not survive thousands of years if there's not some validity or if it's not providing things for people. So I think that's a good thing to remember too. Amen. Yeah, totally. Well, this has been awesome. Really, really fascinating stuff. And yeah. and you you gave a lot of clarity, Emily, on stuff that I don't think seems very clear to the average person. So thanks for that. My pleasure. Yeah, this has been, like Griffin said, just really fascinating. And I think it just um, hopefully opens the doors for, for some people to just, you know, just look at what we were talking about, um, you know, your natal chart or whatever it is, look at the resources and, um, yeah, just maybe self self discovery. It's a cool thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening. Till next time, keep it real. To check out Emily's music, search Wishlist. That's Wish L Y S T on Spotify, YouTube, and all other social media platforms. Hey, what's going on here? What's going on here?
To check out Emily's music, search Wishlist. That's Wish L Y S T on Spotify, YouTube, and all other social media platforms.